In the holy name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Wednesday afternoon, I went to Giant Eagle, and what to my wondering eyes should appear but row upon row of Valentine cards. (laughs) I felt like standing there and shrieking, it's not over, it's not over. You can stow the baby Jesus away in your warehouse, but he won't stay there. His story has just begun. Think of the stories of baby Jesus that Luke must have gotten from Mary. He gives us only two, important not because they're jolly family events, but as vital to our redemption. First, Jesus is named. Second, Jesus is presented at the temple. Today, January 1st, the Feast of the Holy Name celebrates his naming when he was eight days old. He was presented when he was 40 days old. That will be on February 2nd. But in western Pennsylvania, the Feast of the Presentation is upstaged by another observance on February 2nd. (laughs) Our gospel lesson takes us into both of these events. But since the Holy Name defines the arc of all of history... I'll touch on all our readings to see as men and women, past, present, and future, recognize and respond to the Holy Name. Our Old Testament, of course, is very familiar. You know the story. Moses sees the bush burning but not consumed. God speaks out of the burning bush. He commands Moses to go to Egypt and lead his chosen people from slavery to the promised land. Now remember, this is the ancient world where there were multiple gods and each one had a name. And so it makes perfect sense for Moses to ask, well, when they ask the name of the god, what shall I say? Now we pause to recall the practice of naming in the ancient world. But first, let me give you the fast-breaking information of the most popular babies' names in America in 2011. Are you ready? Girls. Sophia, Emma, Isabella, Olivia, Ava. Boys, Aiden, misspelled. (laughs) Jackson, Mason, Liam, and Jacob. On the upswing, not quite on the list yet, girls, Harper and Savannah. Boys, Bristol and Apollo. On the decline, so much so that it has become rare, Anne. (laughs) Go ahead, laugh. We will rise again. (laughs) And I cannot forbear citing my favorite celebrity baby names, twins, Moroccan and Monroe, already known as Rock and Roe. It's true. What a contrast to ancient custom when the name was not an arbitrary label stuck on a helpless child. Rather, the name expressed who the person was, the real person, the essence, and the entire person, all the attributes. 
For example, Abraham, father of nations, was not simply a label. He was the father of nations. Recall that Jesus renamed Simon Peter, the rock, because he was a rock. That's who he really was. So when Moses asks God's name, he is inquiring into God's very nature, and you have heard it from Father Millard. God says, my name is I am who I am, or it can be translated, I will be who I will be. I will be that I am be. I am, you know, they don't know how to translate it, actually. Um, And that's not a name. It's a revelation of sheer, absolute being. In Hebrew, the one who exists and who causes everything else to exist. It occurs about 7,000 times in the Old Testament. I don't know how to pronounce the holy name. Nobody does because it was considered too sacred to be pronounced. And it is represented in the Hebrew scriptures by a substitute word, Adonai, and in our Bible by the word, Lord. My point is that the holy name is not a designer label among the gods. It is who he is. And when Moses recognizes the I am, he responds. And the rest is history. Now, fast forward centuries. Now it's time for the holy one, the I am, to set aside his cosmic power and become a human being. So he needs a human name. What shall it be? A name that expresses who he really is. And the angel tells both Mary and Joseph in Hebrew, Yahshua. Yah, one syllable from the holy name, and Shua, a variation of salvation. He shall save. That is the holy name. We celebrate today Yeshua in its Latin form, Jesus. I have a friend named Mort. On his eighth day... After he had been circumcised and named, the rabbi and the grandfather brought him to the parents and said, his name is Morton. And the parents said, but we wanted Robert. We wanted Bob. Too bad. To this day, he is Morton. And to this day, Yeshua, Jesus, is the Savior. Think where we are in his story. The shepherds have long since gone back to work and the wise men haven't arrived yet. They're academics. It takes them a while. (laughs) So there's no fanfare when Mary and Joseph bring the 40-day-old baby Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord. They are just doing what Jewish parents do. Is that odd? You know, they could say, hey, this kid is special. He doesn't have to follow the rules. I know parents like that. So what's going on here? The scripture tells us, Paul in the book of Galatians, God sent his son born under the law in order to redeem those who are under the law. In order to be our redeemer, Yeshua, the savior, had to be one of us really No shortcuts. Mary and Joseph have no chariot. So they walk to Jerusalem, carrying their food, their poor person's offering, and the baby. 
Now, of course, at the temple, parents and babies are coming and going all the time. So there's no reason to expect anyone to notice this totally unremarkable couple as they enter the glorious temple and pause to look around. So imagine how they must feel when all of a sudden up comes a perfect stranger, smiles at them, takes the baby Jesus into his own arms and bursts out singing. And as if that isn't bizarre enough, here comes an old lady. She takes one look and she starts praising God. Who are these weird people? Simeon is devout. And he is, as Luke tells us three times, he is directed by the Holy Spirit. So we can imagine that Simeon got up this morning just as usual and ate his oatmeal or whatever and was doing his morning prayers and uh, the Spirit said to him, go to the temple. Note, that's usually the way God's guidance comes, one step at a time, to a person open to the Spirit. Now, Simeon doesn't sit around the house fussing. Uh, Maybe I got this all wrong. I must be nuts. Maybe I just abandoned this. No, he goes. He waits. Until the Spirit prompts him. See that family over there? That's the Messiah. What? That ordinary baby with the peasant parents? But Simeon trusts God, looks into the face of the baby Jesus, and recognizes him. Yes, this is the Messiah. And he responds with a song that the church has been singing ever since. It's in our prayer book in the service of evening prayer to be said or sung every day. It's a stunning text. You heard it in the reading. Master, you are now dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For these eyes of mine have seen your salvation. A neat pun on Jesus' name. Which you have prepared in the presence of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Wow. Jesus, the Savior of his people, yes, but Simeon, in the power of the Spirit, sees far beyond that. Yeshua is capital L, light to the world. The glory of the burning bush, the pillar of fire, the glory of God filling Solomon's temple. Yeshua is God. The woman is named Anna. She's old, really old, even older than I am. (laughs) And the ancient Anna lives in the temple complex and spends her entire life fasting, praying, and worshiping. Okay, sidebar. A couple years ago, I suggested to Father Millard that the Ascension buy one of the condos next door so I could live there and be Ascension's own Anna. Yeah, he laughed. But he did offer me space in the old catacombs for my sleeping bag. 
Anna is a prophet, which in biblical parlance means that she speaks God's word, preaches, despite the fact that as a woman, she could not even enter the worship space, much less speak in it. Hers is an unacknowledged, unofficial ministry. She is God's servant in the shadows. The very fact that Luke reports this incident and that the Spirit reveals to her who this baby is signals that the gospel of Yeshua will cause a huge earthquake, a paradigm shift, a radical turning upside down of traditional attitudes. Paul says it to the Galatians. In Christ there is neither male nor female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Like Simeon, Anna recognizes Jesus, and she responds. She starts buzzing around all over the place, telling people the Messiah has come. He's right over there. Does this make her the first evangelist? The presentation event that we have just recounted is a preview of the reactions that Jesus will get all his life and to this very day. Simeon sings, Anna evangelizes, and Luke tells us that Mary and Joseph are amazed. We may wonder, why are they amazed? They know who this child is. True. But while amazement has a little kick of surprise in it, amazed is not the same as surprised. Amazement includes wonder. Wow! A gasp of delight. I can't believe this. This is incredible. Think of some event in your life that you knew very well was going to happen, but when it did, it was far more than you had expected. A wedding, a show, a game. Last month, I went to Heinz Hall to hear Yo-Yo Ma in concert. I wasn't surprised. I was amazed. Mary and Joseph have come to the temples simply to do their duty. But think what has happened. Now look at your own life. Not just in big things, but in small things. God is amazing. He orchestrates events in ways that we can never imagine. Once you really get who Jesus is, you'll never cease to be amazed. At least I hope not. I hope you never get so bored and blasé that you yawn and shrug your way through all life. What a pathetic way to live. My prayer for each of you this morning is that you will never stop being amazed by God, by who he is and what he does And above all, the fact that he is crazy in love with you. But not everybody is thrilled to have Jesus on the scene. Jerusalem goes about its business. And at the temple, no leader comes out to see what's going on and no crowd gathers to see the Son of God. It's the same today. Most people don't even realize that Jesus is alive, much less have a clue to who he really is. 
And even within religious structures, you know, I think sometimes lay people and clergy can go about doing their duty not really expecting to encounter the living Christ. So I hear Simeon say to us, to you, sing your song. Artists, music, dance, theater, novel, film, TV shows, take the light of Christ into the world. Give them a glimpse of the glory. And Anna says, come out of the shadows. Come out of the shadows. Ordained or not, you are a messenger of Christ. Fast. Pray. Be bold for the gospel. Tell everybody about Jesus. And so across the entire arc of history, we trace the holy name, and Christians today bear that name in this present age. But what of the future? We heard it in our epistle reading. God exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall what? And every tongue confess that? Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You may have noticed in our worship service that some people bow every time we have the name of Jesus mentioned. They're getting a head start on this event. You might want to try that. Yeshua will return in glory. Think of it. Every knee, every tongue. No more quibbling, no more speculation. Every person who has ever lived will acknowledge who this is. And the response? John says in the book of Revelation, Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. On his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. Jesus said that people will be crying out for mountains and hills to fall on them. So in the holy name I ask you, looking toward that future, what's it going to be for you? Terror or joy? In this Christmas season, you have seen Jesus in displays and decorations And you have heard his holy name over and over. But have you recognized him and responded to him as the lover of your soul, the breath of your life, your alpha and omega, the king of your heart? If so, be glad. If not, this is the time. Amen.